get off the mountain, it occurs to him, it's going to get very cold and he could die. So what did he do? As he describes in the book A Leg to Stand On, he began, he says, to row himself down the mountain, which meant he would go, you know, lift, push, and descend. Lift, push, and descend. Lift, push, and he began to sing, yo, heave, ho, the Volga Boltman song. <laughs> and then he, then he switched to something called Ona Haster, Ona Raster, uh, without haste, without rest. This is a Goethe lyric that was in his head, so he said it to, to music also, kind of his Tin Pan Alley moment. If, if you can be an Englishman singing a German song in Norway and consider that a... <laughs> anyway, once he began singing, uh, or Volga boltmanning his way down the mountain, his muscles fell into rhythm and the tune carried him, and he says, I was musicked down the mountain. Without this synchronization of music and movement, the auditory with the motor, I would never have made my way down. Halfway down, he was rescued. He was taken to a hospital. He was flown to England. They operated. So in some poetic and mystical sense, Oliver was rescued by uh, a song, a folk song. But there's more. Because in the English hospital, while he's recovering and he's waiting for his nerves to heal, his leg is still numb. My leg is not really part of me, he writes. There's a 15-day recovery period, after which he gets up, he has to put down his crutches and he tries to walk. But mysteriously, he, he can't remember how. He can move the legs, but the steps are either too small or they're too large, and he can't get the flow. You know, and he'll cross his left leg in front of the right one and trip himself. He says, I've lost the automaticity of walking. But he'd been given a cassette of Mendelssohn's Violin Concerto in E minor, which is the only music he'd had, and he'd been playing it constantly for the whole two weeks while he'd been waiting to get up and walk. And one time, as he got ready to walk, and he was in that uh-oh moment, suddenly the Mendelssohn just popped into his head. It was unbidden, it was internal music, it wasn't coming from a tape recorder or the radio or anything, but it, had, it was intensely vivid, and in this moment, with the song in his head, the rhythm and the melody of walking came back. So Mendelssohn gave him his leg back, he remembered how to walk, and then as soon as he thought, wow, I'm walking, like a half second later, it's over. And he stops, and then he rests, and the music comes back, the motion comes back, comes back again in tandem, and he really remembered how. So because the man you're about to meet is kind of a nutcase, I mean, he's a very sweet <laughs> and completely wonderful nutcase, uh, and because he's a scholar and a deeply inquisitive and curious and well-read physician and clinician and puzzle solver, he's wondered for years and years and years, what is it about music, about these noises with their mathematical rhythm that we humans make, we seem to have to make them from intimacy, from infancy. What is it about music that has such power to rescue, to heal, to create joy and dance and community or to console or to caress and to frighten and to haunt and to create memory and nostalgia and appetite. What is this power? What's its source? Oliver's been working on a book about this, which is going to come out in the fall, which I think he's calling Musicophilia. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. So let's welcome on both his legs, moving in happy harmony, Oliver Sacks. That's water, right? Um, 
Well, when I have it in a brown paper bag, people are suspicious. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's my favorite vodka bottle, but it is water. Good, good. Um, now, you know, I'm going to ask you people to excuse me because I have a retinal problem and I can't bear the lights. There. Okay. So that's your only look at his eyes for this evening. Could you pull, pull the mic closer to your mouth, though? Yeah. Okay, so if the subject tonight is music's power, the, uh, we're going to talk about good powers and bad powers. Let's begin. I'm going to start with one of the goodies. While you're recovering from your leg problem, your dad pays a visit. And while he's there, there's this woman in the next bed. What happens? Um, well, she was an old lady with Parkinson's disease who also had difficulties walking. Uh, people with Parkinson's sometimes freeze or they sometimes have a little stuttering movement. People sometimes, neurologists call Parkinsonism a kinetic stutter. Now, um, my father was a physician. He trained as a neurologist. And in fact, his chief, um, uh, the two greatest neurologists in England in the first half of the 19th century, of the 20th century,